Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, the Israeli army is continuing its attacks in the Gaza Strip. The Uruguayan president has arrived in Beijing for a state visit, and Javier Milei has won Argentina's presidential runoff election. We start with the latest developments in the Middle East. The Israeli military continues its offensive on Hamas targets in the Gaza Strip from land, sea, and air, and it is pushing its operation into the southern part of the Strip. The army also reports rocket attacks from Gaza on Israeli towns and air defense sirens sounded in the north and the south. It is also reported that Israeli troops clashed with Palestinians in the West Bank on Sunday. Al Shifa Hospital is still one focus of the conflict. A Gazan official said Israeli soldiers were forcing people to evacuate from the hospital, where Israel says Hamas is maintaining a command post. So far, over 14,000 people have died on both sides. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has called civilian casualties staggering and unacceptable, while urging a humanitarian ceasefire. Sam Metnick has details in Jerusalem. Over the weekend, a United Nations delegation visited the Al Shifa Hospital. They described the place as a place of death. They said that there was a lack of fuel, a lack of medicine, and clean water. To get into the hospital, they had to walk over a mass grave where 80 bodies were buried. This hospital has been at the epicenter of fighting in the city of Gaza, and that is because Israel said Hamas uses it as a command and control center. Hamas has negated those allegations. On Sunday, about 2,600 people evacuated the hospital, but nearly 300 severely injured people remained behind. Among those who did evacuate were about 31 critically ill babies. They were taken to a hospital in the south of Gaza and are expected to be taken into Egypt. Now, the fate of these babies was unclear. For a week, there has been no fuel in the hospital, meaning that their incubators have had no electricity. It was unclear if they were going to be able to survive. Now, Israel is continuing its offensive in its raid into the Al Shifa Hospital, and on Sunday, it said that it found a 50-meter tunnel system about 10 meters deep underneath the hospital, where they said they found a staircase as well as bulletproof. Doors and a firing hole where snipers could shoot through. They also said that they they released what they said were images of Hamas bringing hostages into the hospital after the October 7th attack where Hamas attacked Israel. One of the videos shows what they said was one of the hostages being led by gunmen around the corner of the hospital and into a room. Israel has said that it is expanding its operation south. But it had also told lots of people, all of the people in the north, to move to the south, and now it's unclear where hundreds of thousands of people are supposed to shelter as it continues its offensive. Aid groups are struggling to get enough assistance in to help everyone. Many people who lost their homes are living in tents on the muddy ground. The weather is getting colder. They say they're getting sick, and they're concerned that it's only going to get worse as the winter comes and as the fighting continues. That was Seth Madnick reporting. For more on the Israel-Palestine conflict, Zhou Jiaxing went to Jenin in the West Bank. I'm now in Jenin, the very flashpoint of the occupied West Bank. Now, Israel airstrikes have become more regular here these days.、Uh, tensions are high as the war on Gaza rages. In the latest raid,、um, the Israeli drone attack on this、uh, very densely populated refugee camp killed at least three. 
Al Jazeera reported that at least 80 Israeli military vehicles on Thursday night stormed into the city, raiding homes, detaining several people, using bulldozers to damage cars and the roads. Arif said they struck an underground facility situated below the Al Asari Mosque, claiming that it served as a command center for a militant cell that was planning to carry out attacks against Israel. Mr. Harney, living next to the mosque, told us the story. It surprised me. I was with my family at home when the Israeli army attacked the mosque with rockets. These rockets destroyed roofs. It was a huge explosion without warning. It was a barbaric attack, an inhuman attack. The Palestinian Islamic Jihad declared the extension of the October 7th Al-Aqsa flood operation to Jenin, and said it attacked several Israeli settlements nearby. Their Jenin battalion claimed it used a number of high explosives to target Israeli vehicles inside the camp. Hamas really also claimed responsibility for several attacks against Israelis in the region, and that has fueled the ongoing cycle of violence in the West Bank. Where at least 200 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli raids since the war. Given the current tensions here, we are advised not to stay long in this era where uh, you know small arms and high explosives have increased in the recent weeks、uh, because of the mounting anger of the death toll in Gaza and, of course, the decades-long occupation、uh, of the West Bank. That was Zhou Jiaxing reporting from the West Bank. Turning to China, Uruguayan President Luis Lacalle Pou has arrived in Beijing for a state visit. He is leading a delegation of ministers and business representatives, and is expected to take part in a series of events related to trade and business. Cao Bing has more. Fresh in Beijing, the Uruguayan President Luis Lacalle Pou begins his state visit to China at the invitation of Chinese President Xi Jinping. This marks his first visit to China during his term in office. And the president is leading a large delegation, and according to Uruguayan official, the delegation includes key ministers and business representatives. Chinese Assistant Minister of Foreign Affairs Hua Chunying has warmly welcomed the delegation, joined by the Guard of Honor. Uruguayan officials say the president's week-long schedule lasts from Monday to Friday and involves meetings with top Chinese officials. He will take part in promotional events showcasing goods, services, and Uruguay's trademarks. President Lacalipo is also slated to deliver a master lecture at Tsinghua University, and on Wednesday, the Uruguayan leader will attend a seminar on investment opportunities before meeting President Xi Jinping. The official website for the Uruguayan president highlights the visit's objectives. The message emphasizes the intent to strengthen economic and diplomatic relations with China, their main trading partner. Coinciding with the 35th anniversary of diplomatic ties, the visit follows earlier successful trips by Uruguayan officials to China this year,、um, including foreign, industry, agriculture, and fishery ministers. Both sides say the outcomes have been fruitful, fostering optimism for future bilateral trade cooperation and deeper strategic partnership. That was Tao Bing on the Uruguayan president's visit to China. Now, for more on the China-Uruguay ties over the years, here's Zheng Chunying. Bilateral relations between China and Uruguay have sustained healthy development since the establishment of the ties in 1988. That's according to Wang Xiaoyuan, the former Chinese ambassador to Uruguay. He cited continuous growth in trade and increased all-level exchanges. 
2022, bilateral trade reached 7.44 billion US dollars. That's more than 60 times as much as in 1988. China has become Uruguay's largest trading partner and the bilateral political relations have also been stable. Looking ahead, with Uruguay being an important agricultural exporter, Expert says it has drawn trade complementarity with China and there is great cooperation potential to be further tapped in this sector. China has a nihilistic long-term demand for these products. China's increased imports will bring material support to the Uruguayan economy. Simultaneously, Chinese people will also benefit from these green agriculture products from Uruguay. Renewable energy is another key area where the two countries have engaged. As one of the first Latin American countries to join the Belt and Road Initiative, China and Uruguay cooperated under this framework to promote green development. Besides trade and economic cooperation, experts also highlighted the potential in cultural and people-to-people -people exchanges. They expressed optimism about the future of China-Uruguay relations, adding that the president's visit to China this time will hopefully bring the partnership even closer, which is in line with the interests of both people. That was Zheng Chuanying reporting. Finally, in South America, Argentina's president-elect Javier Millet has vowed to end the country's decades of economic decline and to return Argentina to its former glory. The right-wing libertarian won Sunday's presidential runoff after his rival, economy minister Sergio Massa, conceded. Millet will be the country's president for the next four years. Joe Richards has more. Millet was elected as the, uh, as the president-elect. He's been confirmed to have taken 56% of the vote. It's nothing short of a landslide victory for the far-right libertarian candidates. The largest majority that anyone has won a elect presidential election in Argentina since the return to democracy 40 years ago. So it's a huge victory for Millet, who was the outsider in these elections just three years ago. He was a TV panelist. Now... He is president-elect for Argentina. He inherits a country in deep economic crisis, Argentina facing its worst crisis in two decades with high levels of poverty, inflation in triple digits. And Millet has won the vote, won these elections on the back of promises to transform the economy with bold and radical ideas such as uh, slashing the, the peso, and, uh, and adopting the US dollar as the currency, but also abolishing the central bank, privatizing education and health, a whole host of policies that remains to be seen if he will be able to implement him, because the real challenge now begins for Javier Millet. If he is able to implement these promises that he said, that he says will tackle Argentina's economic uh, difficulties and its situation, but it's an inexperienced political party. They're in a coalition with the former president, Mauricio Macri, certainly faces large challenges. And again, the question is whether he implements these radical reforms or if he moderates his policy. That was Joy Richards on the presidential runoff in Argentina. Recapping today's headlines. The Israeli army is continuing its attacks in the Gaza Strip. The Uruguayan president has arrived in Beijing for a state visit. And Javier Millet has won Argentina's presidential runoff election. 
And that's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tianyu. Thank you for listening.